The only person who needs me now is my husband. He says I saved his life, but it's not true. He saved mine. If it wasn't for Ozzy, I'd have ended up in jail like my brother, like one of those crazed women in prisoner cell block H, or dead from an overdose of sleeping pills looking for a way out. And as I think of my husband, whom I love with all my heart, I realise he must still be asleep and that it must be earlier than I thought because by seven I know he'll be down here looking for me, worried that I'm not there beside him. He hates sleeping alone, but he needs his sleep, so I tiptoed out and came down to the kitchen to read my script, hoping that the fire would still be alight. I put a couple of logs on, but by the time it really got going, I must have nodded off. On normal days, Ozzy always wakes first. Always. Always. At Malibu, where the waves crash on the shore not ten yards from our beach house, the tide never seeming to go out or in more than a couple of yards, he'll wander onto the deck from our bedroom and stare at the ocean, watching for dolphins or whales dipping along the coast. In LA, he'll put in the hours on his treadmill, working out in his gym and watching the History Channel at the same time, with the volume turned up way too high, his hearing shot from too many years on the road. My husband has always been a morning person. Long before he and I got together, when I really didn't know him at all, I'd see him wandering hotel corridors or hovering in lobbies while the rest of Black Sabbath would be totally out of it until way into the afternoon. And then they'd turn on him. Why was it always Ozzy's picture in this magazine or that magazine? Why was it always him they interviewed? Why not Tony or Geezer or Bill? Why not one of them? Possibly because he was the only one of you fuckers who was ever awake when it counted, I would tell them, though that was many years later. While the band was still unconscious sleeping off whatever debauch they had perpetrated the previous night, their singer would be downstairs looking for people to talk to. Musicians, journalists, girls, hotel staff, even me. He wasn't choosy. It was the company he wanted, though if anything else was on offer, he wouldn't say no. One of the reasons his first marriage came to an end. One of the reasons he's always had such trouble keeping away from the bottle. A bar is the one place you can always find someone to talk to, if only the barman. Now he just wanders around whatever house we happen to be in, humming melodies into a little tape recorder, talking to whoever is there at the time, playing his music at a hundred thousand decibels. Because once my husband is awake, that's it. He can never get back to sleep again. Never. Not like me. Sleep has always been my way out. My one escape. There were times when things got really bad that I'd take a couple of pills and not wake up for 48 hours. Ozzy says I would sleep through a nuclear explosion, but I love my bed. Love, love, love my bed, which is where I'd be now if I didn't think I'd wake my husband with my cold feet. 
tucking them under me, I stare at the clock on the dresser, which says 6.45, trying to remember if it's the one that works. Beau looks at me, his head cocked to one side, and I realise I should let him out. The sound of the sofa legs scraping on the floor is enough to set off a yawn of excitement, and his paws scuffle on the tiles as he scampers from side to side, and his great tail is going like a metronome. I slop sleepily across the room, turn the key and open the back door, and he's off, slurping noisily from the fountain on his way. And the sound of the water breaks my dream. The fountain. I was back at the Howard Hughes house. I hardly ever dream, but when I do, it's always that. I was back at the Howard Hughes house, and it was mine again.